Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is our Wednesday night Bible class. Welcome as we come together, open up God's Word, study a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper, and learn a little bit more. And thereby, stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We are podcasting a Wednesday night Bible class and a Sunday morning Bible class. This is our Wednesday night Bible class for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We know that even in the Omaha area, there are people who cannot be with us at the prescribed times where the congregation comes together to meet for Bible classes, for Bible studies. Sunday morning at 9.30, Wednesday evening at 6.30, and for one reason or another, we know that people are hindered either by physical handicap or illness or maybe scheduling conflicts or maybe they just can't get out. Maybe they're you know, older and they don't have transportation or just cannot get out easily. Well, whatever the reason, we are glad to be able to still teach God's Word, offer it to those individuals so that they can get into the Bible and they can learn more about God through his word, more about Jesus Christ, and prayerfully and hopefully have their lives better focused in a spiritual direction that God wants them to. Now, at the same time, we know that people listen all across the country. They're not in the Omaha area, but they want to be in God's word. And the same is true about people in other parts of the world. They want to know more about God. They want to learn more from what the scriptures teach. So we're thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. If you're listening today, we're thankful that you're there, and we're thankful that we can be here with you as we open up God's Word together. Now, we want to encourage you, share these studies with everybody you can. You undoubtedly know people who need to get deeper into God's Word. They need to start thinking more about their spiritual lives, their relationship with God, about their soul's salvation and eternity. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may end up making a huge eternal difference in somebody's life simply by getting them into these studies from God's Word. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. Also tell everybody you can about our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Tell them to click on the podcast button and sign up for the podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We keep saying we're not after people's wallets. We simply want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. And also, Monday, you know, Monday through Sunday, seven days a week, a short Bible class that we call today's Bible class. And the theme changes virtually every week, but it gets us into God's Word, and we talk about very pertinent matters and subjects, and all centered in God's Word. So tell everybody you can. 
And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive all of this to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or computer or whatever they choose. And again, it will always be free and automatic. Now we're going to get back into our study from 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And we'll probably finish up this particular chapter today. We have been looking at it in detail, in depth, and we've been trying to take care to really pull out the lessons that are there for us. Now in the first in the first um, 16 verses we talk about how, and particularly in verses 7 through 16, we've really been focusing upon how John emphasizes that God is the center of true love. In fact, twice in that particular text, in verse 8, and then again in verse 16, John makes the very direct statement, God is love. And I've emphasized that When you take God out of the picture, which a whole lot of people seem to want to do, now some are outright outright atheists, others might consider themselves to be skeptics or agnostics, but they're all pretty much the same. And there are others, though, who want to push God out of their mindset in their lives. And they would say, oh, I believe in God. And most of those would even say, and I believe in Jesus as the Son of God and my Lord and Savior but they don't want to think about God. They don't want to think about Jesus much because they are living a sinful lifestyle. And if they stopped and thought too much about God and their relationship with him, well, then that would be inconvenient. It would bother them in their thinking. It would bother them in their emotions. And so they just want to push God out of their mindset. So while they would still say that they believe in God, they don't want to have to think about God too much. They don't don't want to have to think about their relationship with God too much. And so in whatever case you might find, you, you might know somebody who would find themselves, whether they would say outright, I don't believe in God, or some people would say, well, I'm skeptical, or some would say, yeah, I'm just not sure, you know, whatever the case. Or if it's somebody who would say, oh, I believe in God, but they don't want to talk about God, they don't want to hear about God, because they're living in a lifestyle that they know is ungodly. Whatever the case, when you remove God from the picture, then you've got a real problem with true love, because God is love. We understand love. We experience true love. And hopefully we offer true love to people around us because of God. Now, when you take God out of the picture and you say, no, I don't believe in God, or you just don't want to have to think about God, how do you explain love? How can you really experience love? How can you really feel love? I've told the story a number of times and I can't even tell you what year it was. It goes back decades. And a young man showed up at my office. I'd never seen him before in my life. He looked like a rough young man. And I don't mean he was bedraggled. I don't mean he didn't have, you know, good clothes on. He looked rough. He was not a real big guy, but he was muscular. And he, he looked the part that he, was, he had lived a, a rough lifestyle. And then when he began to talk to me, he revealed that to me. He had been involved in organized crime. He had been in 
as he described them, the two toughest county jails in the whole nation. And what he came to talk to me about, though, was not really that, but that certainly played a part in what he was really concerned about. He was having a relationship problem with his girlfriend. And I think she had actually basically broken up with him. And, and I think she had told him, if I remember correctly, and this is what was concerning him, that she did not feel love from him. And what he expressed to me was he did not really know for sure what love is. Now, that's where a whole lot of people are. They probably haven't processed that very well mentally in that kind of detailed fashion in their minds. But they're living, as that young man had been living, a very, very worldly lifestyle. And that separates us from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. If we're living in sin, then we're not walking with God. And he was not sure even what love was. God is love. If we truly want to experience the best that love is and has to offer, we need to walk with God. Now let's pick up with verse, with verse 17 and we'll move on. I'm going to go back and begin with verse 12 for continuity's sake and then we'll really focus on verse 17 on. No one has seen God at any time Verse 12, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him. Now that word abide means we live in him. And he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Now, why did God send his Son into this world? Uh, Going back to verse in verse 9, he says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And how is it that, we, that God sent his Son into this world, that we might live through him? Well, you go back to Romans 5 and verse 8. The Apostle Paul wrote, God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so God sent his son into this world purposefully to go to that cross. Now, to bring the gospel message of salvation through him, but ultimately to bring that into full force by dying on that cross as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice for for the guilt of our sins. For the guilt of our sins. Going back to Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27 and Hebrews chapter... Uh, chapter 9 and, and, and verses uh, uh, 26 on, chapter 10, verse 10, going back to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, the, the verses go on and on. And God did that for us because he loves us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So John goes on, and he says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. You see, true love, 
the fullness of love is attached to a true, faithful, consistent relationship with God. Are you experiencing that? Now let's pick up with verse 17 and read through 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we, have, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Are you living a life of fear? Does fear override your thinking, your emotions on a regular basis? Why is that? I have indicated, I've talked about from time to time through our different podcasts that we broadcast, I lost my first wife in 2012. She had struggled with numerous physical and health problems for a long time. And as I woke up one morning, she had already passed. Now that was devastating to me. We had been childhood sweethearts going back to the time when we were 16 years of age. We had dated and then we had married early in life. I was 18 and she was not quite 19. She was about six years older than I was. We had been husband and wife, loved one another for almost 42 and a half years. And so you think about my life without her, very difficult for me to grasp that and deal with that for a period of time. But you know, one thing that I learned through that, we live a whole lot of our lives with kind of, at least in the back of our minds, this fear of death. And during that time, as I was striving to recover by God's grace and with his guidance and his blessings upon me, his strength that he was blessing me with, I came to realize we don't need to fear death if we're walking with God in faithfulness. God loves us and he has assured us that we can have confidence of eternal life with him if we're living with him in this life according to his teachings. Now, a whole lot of people, they want to have this feeling that they are really walking with God when they are <laughs> obviously, and I would think that deep down they have to recognize this themselves if they'll be honest with themselves and admit it. They're not living, they're not walking with God. They're not living according to his teachings. They're living in sinful, in sinful lifestyles. Now, somebody who says, oh, I love God so much, and they hardly ever darken the door of the church building to worship God with his people, his family, his spiritual family in that particular congregation, those people, now again, we're not talking about the people, the very, very small percentage of people who cannot get out because of some kind of physical 
ailment or, or, or I should say physical handicap, you know, something like, I'm talking about people who could be there if they just really wanted to be there. But they talk about how they love God, but they never, hardly ever, darken the, build, the, the door of any church building to worship him, to show their devotion and dedication to him, to honor him through their worship? How is that loving God? Now, they're trying to salve their own conscience and thinking, but you see, true love is not something that is just spoken, but it is something that is lived. A husband who says to his wife, I love you, honey, or a wife who says to her husband, I love you, baby, but then they disrespect them through the way that they treat them, speak to them, talk about them, and maybe even physically abuse them or emotionally abuse them. Is that love? Again, true love is action, not just words. And so John writes here in verse 16 again, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides, that is, lives in love, the true love that God lays out for us, abides in God and God in him. And then verse 17 again, love has been perfected among us and that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And there is no fear in love, John writes, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment and fear does involve torment. It torments us when we're constantly living in fear. But he who fears, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And we love him because he first loved us. We didn't love God first. He loved us first. Now, how can we look at death? How can we look at the judgment to follow? As Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26, 27 talks about, we go to the fifth chapter of 1 John. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, that's, again, not just an intellectual kind of faith. It is a faith that is put into action through obedience, dedication, commitment. We're going to live by God's teachings. That's the kind of belief we're talking about. Real faith is not just, again, words, not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It is a lifestyle. And so these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. See, when we know that we are truly living faithfully by God's guidelines laid out for us in his word, then we don't need to fear death. In fact, we can look forward to what follows, and that's an eternal home with God in heaven. So we come back to 1 John chapter 4, and let's look at the last two verses, verses 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, let me reread that. If you've got a problem along this line, you need to deal with that problem. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, 
He is a liar, John writes. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Have you ever thought about that? And his commandment, or and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. There are a number of instructions given to us in the New Testament. And Jesus even gives us, you know, some of those. Others are brought out by the inspired writers of New Testament books. Jesus talked about how if we want to be forgiven by God of our sins, then we must forgive others who have wronged us. Here John says, this is the commandment that we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. I've known a man who a number of years ago expressed his impediment emotionally, mentally, his mindset. There was a roadblock there that kept him from obeying God and being baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins. It kept him from becoming a true Christian because there was a person in this world whom he hated. Now, he knew that he could not hate that person and walk with God in faithfulness, in the love of God. And so he just did not become a Christian. Now, to me, we could say how tragic. Someone might say how unfortunate. Let me put it another way. How callous. How unfaithful to God. And bottom line, boiled down, how utterly, not just foolish, but stupid to lose your soul because you can't put hatred for some person in your life out of your heart. Now, that doesn't say you have to approve of how they act, but to hate them and say, I can't let go of this hatred, and so you're going to spend eternity in hell. That's foolish. That's stupid. John says, this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now again, maybe our problem is that we don't understand love. The kind of love that God expects of us, bottom line. We have that very special word from the Greek into the English, agape. Agape love, as we might refer to it. That is not a love that is primarily driven by emotion and feeling. It is a love that comes from a mindset that says, I'm going to love that person. They may be unlovable. They may hate me. But I'm not going to let their hatred for me, I'm not going to let their 
misconduct toward me, their mistreatment of me, keep me from loving them as I should, as a soul created by God. I'm going to love them by will. My mind is, I will love them. Now, again, that doesn't mean I'm going to approve of the way they live. doesn't mean I'm going to run up to them and give them a great big hug and a sloppy kiss on the cheek. But I'm going to love them because they're a soul created in God's image. We need to get to a deeper understanding of love and get past the surface level touchy-feely, emotion-driven, only emotion-driven kind of love that so many of us seem to primarily experience. If it was dependent upon just emotion from God to love us, do you think he ever would have sent his son to that cross to die? because of our sins? Tumble that around in your head for a while. And then think about the application that you need to make toward others. We'll pick up with chapter 5 next time. Let's pray. Father, teach us to love as you love us. Teach us to love one another. Help us to see the deeper matters of love and not just the surface level. Help us understand compassion and even tolerance. And thank you, Father, for having compassion upon us and being patient with us and giving us time to recognize what you have done for us in your love for us. And help us to respond in loving obedience to you, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.